listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. And finally, there is a discussion group on Facebook, the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, where you're able to interact with other readers and listeners of the podcast. Today is day number 86. We are reading from Book 2, Chapter 22, Paragraphs 765 to 771. 765. In his former life, St. Joseph had learnt the trade of being a carpenter, as being a respectable and proper way of earning the sustenance in life. He was poor in earthly possessions, as I have said above. He therefore asked his most holy spouse whether it was agreeable to her that he would exercise his trade in order to be able to serve her and to gain something for distribution among the poor, since it was necessary to do some work and not to remain idle. The most prudent virgin approved of this resolve, saying that the Lord did not wish them to be rich, but poor and lovers of the poor, desirous of helping them in as far as their means would allow. Then arose between the two spouses a holy contest, who should obey the other as superior. But she, who among the humble was the most humble, won in the contest of humility, for as the man is the head of the family, she would not permit this natural order to be inverted. She desired in all things to obey her spouse, St. Joseph, asking him solely for permission to help the poor, which the saint gladly gave. 766. As St. Joseph, during these days, by divine enlightenment, learnt to know more and more the qualities of his spouse, Mary, her rare prudence, humility, purity, and all her other virtues exceeding by far his thoughts and estimates, he was seized with ever new admiration, and in great joy of spirit, continued to praise and thank the Lord again and again for having given him a companion and spouse so far above his merits. And in order that this work of the Mosai might be entirely perfect, for it was the beginning of the greatest which he was to execute by his omnipotence, he ordained that the princess of heaven, by her mere presence and intercourse, should infuse into the heart of her spouse a holy fear and reverence greater than words ever could suffice to describe. This effect was wrought upon St. Joseph by an effulgence or reflection of the divine light, which shone from the face of our queen and which was mingled with an ineffable and always visible majesty. So much the more was this due to her than to Moses, descending from the mountain, Exodus 24.30, as her intercourse and conversation with God had been more extended and intimate. 7.66. Soon after, Most Holy Mary had a vision of the Lord in which God spoke to her. My most beloved spouse and chosen one, behold how faithful I am to my promises with those who love me. Correspond therefore now to my fidelity by observing all the laws of a spouse. In holiness, purity, and all perfection, let the company of my servant Joseph, whom I have given thee, help thee thereto. Obey him as thou shouldst, and listen to his advice. The Most Holy Mary responded, Most High Lord, I praise and magnify thee for thy admirable disposition and providence in my regard. Though I am so unworthy and poor a creature, I desire to obey thee and please thee as one having greater obligation to thee than any other. Bestow upon me, my Lord, thy divine favor, in order that I may be assisted in all things and governed according to thy pleasure, and also in order that I may attend to the duties of the state in which thou hast placed me, never as thy slave erring from thy commands and wishes, 
Show me thy good will and blessing, and with it I will strive to obey and serve thy servant Joseph, in such a manner as thou, my Lord and Maker, commandest. 7.68 On such heavenly beginnings was founded the home and the married life of the Most Holy Mary and St. Joseph. From the 8th of September, when they were espoused, until the 25th of March, following when the Incarnation of the Divine Word took place. As I will say in the second part, the two spouses thus lived together, being prepared in the meanwhile for the work designated for them by the Most High. 7.69 But I cannot at this juncture withhold my words of congratulation at the good fortune of the most happy among men, St. Joseph. Whence it is, O man of God, that thou among all sons of Adam shouldst have the happiness and good fortune of possessing God himself in such a manner that he conducted himself and was reputed as thy only son. The Eternal Father gives to thee his Son, and the Son gives to thee his true and real mother, and the Holy Ghost entrusts to thee his spouse, while the most whole blessed Trinity in its turn yields and espouses to thee as the legitimate wife, its chosen one, its only one, elect as the Son. Dost thou realize, O Saint, thy dignity? Dost thou know thy excellence? Dost thou understand that thy spouse is the Queen and Lady of Heaven? and earth, and that thou art the depository of the inestimable treasures of God himself. Be mindful, man of God, of thy entrusted pledge, and know that if thou art not envied by the angels and seraphim, thou hast certainly filled them with wonder and astonishment at thy good fortune, and at the sacraments of mystery connected with thy matrimony. Accept the congratulations for such great happiness in the name of the whole human race, Thou art the archive of the history of the divine mercies, the master and spouse of her, who is inferior only to God himself. Thou findest thyself enriched and prosperous in the sight of all men and of the angels themselves. Remember our poverty and misery, and remember me, the most worthless worm of the earth, for I desire to be thy client, blessed and favored by thy powerful intercession. Instruction given by the Queen of Heaven my daughter, in the example of the matrimonial life wherein the Most High placed me, thou findest a reproof for those souls who allege their life to the world as an excuse for not following perfection. To God, nothing is impossible, and nothing is likewise impossible to those who with a lively faith hope in Him and resign themselves entirely to His divine providence. I lived in the house of my spouse with the same perfection as in the temple, for in changing my state of life, I alter neither my sentiments nor my desire and anxiety to love and serve God. On the contrary, I added to my solicitude, lest the obligations of a spouse should hinder me in God's service. On this account, God favored me and disposed and accommodated powerfully all things in conformity to my desires. The Lord will do the same for all men if, on their part, they correspond. They, however, blame the state of matrimony deceiving themselves, for the hindrance to a holy and perfect life is not the state, but the vain and the superfluous cares, and the anxieties in which they involve themselves, forgetting the sweetness of the Lord, and seeking and preferring their own. 7.71 And if there is no excuse for not living a perfect life in the world, still less will the duties and obligations of the religious state be an excuse. Never imagine thyself exempt from the pursuit of perfection on account of being a superioress. For since God has placed thee in office by obedience, thou must not despair of his assistance and protection. He himself will each day assume the responsibility of strengthening thee and helping thee to fulfill thy duties without relaxing in the pursuit of a perfect love due to God. 
Oblige him by the sacrifice of thy own will, submitting in humble patience to all that his divine providence may ordain. If thou dost not hinder the course of his providence, I assure thee of his protection of the power of his divine arm to direct thee and guide thee all thy actions toward perfection. This concludes our reading for day number 86. Today we finished reading chapter 22, paragraphs 765 to 771. One of the comical things in our reflection today was this. Then arose between the two spouses a holy contest who should obey the other as superior. But she who among the humble was the most humble won in this contest of humility. For as the man is the head of the family, she would not permit this natural order to be inverted. She desired in all things to obey her spouse, St. Joseph, asking him solely for permission to help the poor with the saint, which the saint gladly gave. And so we just think about the fact that Mary is the fullness of grace, immaculately conceived. And we think about the struggle, maybe, of St. Joseph as he enters into this situation. And I wonder, we haven't heard yet, but does St. Joseph have this knowledge of Mary's immaculate conception? At what point does he become aware of who it is that he is married to. He knows that he is espoused to this woman who wanted to be a virgin, and he wanted to be a virgin, and God had ordained this from the very beginning. So he knows this, but there are more things for St. Joseph that may be unknown to him still. And so you think about his life and how he was always one with shortcomings and how they would have came out in the home of Nazareth with Mary and then with the Christ child. But with the Christ child and with Mary, his shortcomings were able to be aided and helped. And we think about our own shortcomings. Again, look at Mary as the source of virtue. She gives us a good example of the virtuous life. And we say, well, I lack patience. I lack chastity. I lack prudence. All of these virtues that we already have talked about in our readings from the mystical city of God. And so we say that I fall short of these. Well, it's just like St. Joseph. But then we have Mary and we have Jesus and they're going to help us. Mary will pray for us. Jesus will perfect us if we ask him. We also ask the forgiveness of the Lord for the times in which we fall short of how he wants us to live. In the church, the Feast of the Espousals of Joseph and Mary are not celebrated until the month of January. But from Maria Bagrata, we heard that on Mary's 14th birthday that she was espoused to Joseph. That's when they called all of the men, etc. We have here then the celebration of her birthday, which then transitioned her out of the temple and in which she was espoused, espoused to the blessed St. Joseph. And then our reading concluded today, kind of with these questions being asked of St. Joseph. Dost thou realize, O Saint, thy dignity? Dost thou know thy excellence? Dost thou understand that thy spouse is the queen and lady of heaven? Be mindful of what has been entrusted to you. St. Joseph in his life with Mary was able to come to know her and understand her and to love her. And that's really what we pray for ourselves, that we might love Mary like Jesus and like Joseph did, that we might become aware of who she was and who she is for us. Just as Joseph realized who she was and who she was for him. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading The Mystical City of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you, and Mary pray for you.